of our grace to trust you more of our grace to trust you can't do it on your own you need his grace of our grace to trust you more, Lord, of our grace to trust. Don't you just sense the presence of God? There is a very strong atmosphere here right now that has been charged for worship. Just tap into that atmosphere and let the rivers of Christ that dwell within flow out. Just let him know how much he means to you. How much he means to you. Of grace to trust you more and more, Lord. Of grace to trust Oh, Father, we are here trusting in you and recognizing that you are the one who gives life. Your word says that there is a spirit within man that gives understanding. And the inspiration is of the Most High. So, Father, we know that you are the one who works within us, both to will and to do of your exceeding pleasure. So, we recognize your glory within us. We recognize your light and your salvation, O Lord, that is around us. We recognize your glory, the clothing of your presence that you have placed upon your church. Your church moves forth in power. Your church moves forth in glory. Your church moves forth in the grace that you have given. Because all things that come to us come from you. Your word says that every good and perfect gift comes from above from the father of lights. So we thank you for the many blessings that you have given us in the heavenly realm. We thank you for making us to be partakers of your divine nature. We share that which you are. You have given us the fullness of yourself. Father, we have nothing but thanks, nothing but thanks to give you. Nothing but thanks and appreciation. We bless you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Someone tell this man to stop playing. If not, we'll keep worshiping. <laughs> Amen. Please be seated. <laughs> Amen. 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 Someone turn to your neighbor and say, it is a blessing to see you here today. I see the glory of the Lord upon your life. The might of God is at work in you. Because the Bible says that this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Because today is a day that was created by the Father above. Let someone shout hallelujah. Shout it like you believe it. Shout hallelujah. Oh Father, just do something and give praise unto the Lord. Magnify his name because he is alive. You know, the Bible says that it is his life that we live. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow because he lives. 
Oh, fear is gone. It is the life of God that drives fear away. The life of God drives fear away. Without him, you would always find yourself in a place where you are unable to move. You find yourself in paralysis because it is the Lord that gives momentum. If you don't hold on to him, it is very likely, very, very likely that you will find yourself in the snare of the enemy. But thanks be to God. Someone shout, thanks be to God. Someone shout, thanks be to God who has given me freedom, who has set the captives free. The Bible makes us to understand that Jubilee is the year where people are set free from their deaths. But when you enter Christ, you enter your year of Jubilee, a perpetual time where you step into freedom. Someone shout, I am free. He who the son of man sets free is free indeed. Someone shout, I am free. I am free from fear. I am free from doubt. I am free from shame. Someone shout, I am free. Shout, I am free. Because the Lord has set me free. This is my year of jubilee. Shout it. My year of jubilee. And it is a perpetual time because it is in Christ that we find that jubilee. It is in Christ we find that freedom. It is in Christ we find that free movement of the spirit of God. The Bible says the Lord is spirit. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. He came to set the captives free. He said, and he arose. He said, he took captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And only so that we all might reach that state of perfection. And what is that state of perfection? Christ himself. His desire is to see you and I walk in him and replicate everything that he is. Jesus. Someone shout Jesus. The name that is above every other name. At the mentioning of that name, every knee bows, every tongue confesses that he is Lord. As I said, there is a very strong atmosphere here. Father, we bless your name. We give you glory. Father, our desire here today is that your word will be planted in our hearts. And that even as your word is released, we shall see more clearly the riches of your wealth in Christ Jesus. Father, we pray that we will hold on to your word and walk in the freedom that you have given in Christ. Because you have finished it but it is left to us to walk in it. So we are asking for your wisdom, asking that our eyes be enlightened with the spirit of revelation, that blindness will be taken out of the way for full spectrum light to enter our hearts and to make us to walk in the spirit of the living God. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. By the grace of God, I want to thank God for the opportunity today to share the word and... Um, I uh, want to honor our pastor, Pastor Kwame. Thankfully, he is here today. We were thinking, is he going to be here? But thankfully, he is here. And for those of us who didn't come on time, you missed worship. You missed worship. Amen. I want to honor our leadership. God bless you, sirs and mas. I want to honor the fathers, the mothers. I also want to honor you all. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look good. 
you are dressed in the glory of God. And then if nobody is saying anything to you, just put your hand on your, just put your hand on yourself. I know I am dressed in the glory of God. They don't see it, but Lord, I see what you show me. You don't let anyone to put you down. Don't let anyone tell you a story that isn't true. As long as it is in the word, it is true. It doesn't matter how you look now, but because the Lord has decreed it, he has said that they shall be mine. They shall house my glory. They shall be the tabernacle of the glory of God, the temple of the living God, because he has said it. It is true for me. Point to yourself. It is true for me. Because the word of God has decreed it. You see, the thing is, whatever you face upon this earth, it tries to tell you what to think. Corona tries to tell you to be afraid. The defeats try to tell you that you are, you are, you are losing. The trials try to tell you that you don't have what it takes to succeed. Those things are just pictures that the enemy flashes before you to change what you see about yourself. But someone, hold your Bible and say, this is my truth. This is my truth. This is my truth. If your Bible is in your phone, raise up your phone and say, this is my truth. <laughs> Technology has changed things. <laughs> I've forgotten. I'm still saying, raise your Bible. <laughs> but the truth of the whole matter is you have to hold on to what Jesus says about you. You must never allow the lies. The Bible says, whose report shall you believe? Will you believe what you see? And that was the error of the ten spies that went to spy out the land. Moses said, go spy out the land. But rather than look at God and what God has said about the nation that he was with them, they were looking at something else. They were looking at the giants. And then when they saw the giants, they looked at themselves and said, these people are strong. These people are great. We are nothing compared to them. But Joseph, uh, uh, Caleb and Joshua went and they said, we can take this thing. Because our God, they did not look at themselves. Left to Joshua and Caleb, they were non-entities. But because God was with them, they said our God is able to take these people out. Now, for them, God was with them. For you, God lives in you. When the enemy sees you, he is frightened. And so, you know what he tries to do? He first comes and he taps you. He tries to see whether you know who you are. And then if he sees, ah, this guy is afraid of me. He will go and then try to slap you. He will step back. He said, ah, I found it. <laughs> this one, I can, I can disturb him. But we have people here that have been raised by the word of God. That when the enemy comes to you, 
You just raise up your hands and decree the Lord, he is my God. He dwells in me. My body is the temple of the living God. You speak it out and let him know that there is someone here who knows what the word of God has decreed about them. And he will flee. That word was for someone here. Um, by the special grace of God, I'm, I'm now about to preach the topic. Um, so today we are about to speak. <laughs> the topic that was given to me was strength to remain gentle. Strength to remain gentle. And because what we'll be dealing with today kind of covers all the fruits, I'll just say strength to walk in the spirit. Strength to walk in the spirit. Now let's quickly go to Galatians chapter 5. From verses 19 to 24. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. In other words, it says, from where I come from, etc., etc., etc. In other words, there are many other things that are the works of the flesh that was not even documented here. But they all look alike. About which I tell you in advance, as I told you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the spirit is love. See here, he says the fruit. It's one fruit. But that fruit is love. That fruit, when you look at it, it's joy. That fruit, when you look at it, it's peace. That fruit, when you look at it, it's patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So when you see the fruit of God in manifestation, you don't have to try and abide by the law. Just ex exercising that fruit, manifesting that fruit is evident that you are being energized by the Spirit of God. Now, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Amen. Strength to walk in the spirit. Now, you see here that Paul was trying to contrast between the evidence of the flesh and the evidence of the spirit. The evidence of the flesh and the evidence of the spirit. But if we look at Galatians chapter 5 from verses 16 to 18. Galatians chapter 5, 16 to 18. You see here, he says, I say then, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. So he tells you that it is a walking in the spirit that makes you not to fulfill the desires of the flesh. Walking in the spirit makes you not to reveal those things. The sexual immorality, the outbursts of anger, the, 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 the envy, the selfish ambition. It is the walking in the spirit that will make you not to manifest the flesh. 
for the flesh desires what is against the spirit. In other words, the flesh and the spirit, they are at loggerheads. They are fighting. The, one wants to have dominance over the other. One wants to be, uh, to, to be seen over the other. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So you see here that he's still bringing the law. He's saying if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And then he goes on to say the, the works of the flesh are, uh, are the, the different things that we have read before. The selfish ambition, the envy, the, the desire to be known, to be pompous and all that. Which everyone had. Which everyone here had. Because I believe we are all born again. So what does it mean to walk in the spirit? He keeps saying walk in the spirit. Walk by the spirit. What does it mean? To better understand this. Let us start by defining the spirit. What is the spirit? The spirit of man is the real part of him. Turn to yourself and say, this is my house. But my spirit is the real me. Why? Because man is a spirit that has a soul and lives in the body. You are a spirit entity. A spirit entity. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 27. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 27 says this. It says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching the inward parts of the belly. The innermost parts, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. But you being the candle doesn't necessarily complete the picture. Because if you are the candle, if the spirit of man is the candle, you still need light. Now, the person that is the light is God. Why? John chapter 1 verse 4 says, In him was life. And that life was the light of man. He is the light that lights up the whole world. So you might be a candle, but it takes the light of God to complete the picture. Now, let us now explain the difference between someone who is born again and unregenerate. Now, the born again man is one that is a totally new creature. He is a totally new creature that can house the light of God. God. For as many as believed on him, he gave them the power to become sons and daughters. When you become that new creature, you begin to resonate the light of God. You begin to be a complete candle that can illuminate the earth. That is why he says you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city set upon a hill that cannot be hidden because you are a new creature with the light and life of God shining. But the unregenerate man remains unlighted. The man without Christ doesn't have that light. That's the spirit. And that's the reason why if we know people that are not born again, if we know people without the life of God, we need to sincerely pray for them. See, Daniel said it, that it is those who know their God that shall be strong and shall do exploits. 
says, those who turn people unto righteousness shall shine like the firmaments. But it is that light that comes from Christ. That is why I love how many of you receive emails from pastor? When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with him. Then shall we also be revealed. Now we look like we are like mere men. But anyone who sees you, who opens their spiritual eyes to see what is going on on the inside, they will be terrified by the power the glory and the life. If an earthly temple could be filled with the glory of God when Solomon was commissioning the temple that even the priests could not stand, what more you and I living temples that are filled with the light and the life of God. That was the imagery God was giving so that we who have the New Testament can understand what is going on on the inside. There is life, power, Power that is within you and I. Power that cannot be contended with. But if you don't know it, if you don't know it, you will be taken advantage of. It is they that know their God that shall be strong and that shall do exploits. I summarize again. The born again man is lighted. The unregenerate man remains unlighted. Now, what is the soul? The soul of man is the house of the mind, the will, and the emotions. This is the place where your memories are formed. <laughs> so, being born again does not do away with things that you are used to. For example, if you love Banku, before you got born again. Yes, you become a new creature. But I promise you, you see Banku, you devoid. Why? Though you are a new creature, those things that you have grown up with, they are still a part of you. Likewise, you might have habits, good or bad, that you might have grown up with, being born again. How many of you remember that it took a, for those of us that have dealt with it, it took a while. For some people, those habits were strongholds that when those strongholds were dealt with, you saw immediate freedom. So there are different reasons why sometimes it takes a while, sometimes it's instantaneous. But for those things that you are used to, probably you smoked or drank, sometimes it will take a while for those things to go away. It doesn't mean you are not born again. Neither does it mean God is not living in you. You need to know this for a fact. The day you said, I believe, was the same day he said, I will dwell in them and be in them. I will be their God and they will be my people. So, the moment you made that decision, God said, you are my possession. So, the message here is don't give up. 
the fact that you're still seeing some of those things, hold on. Hold on to the word of God. Hold on to what he has said about you. Hold on. Why? Because you are a work in progress. But you must consistently recognize that because he has given birth to you, he will never let you go. Raise up your hands and say, I am yours forever. I am yours forever. I hold on to you forever. Just as I know you are holding on to me forever. That is the faithfulness of our God. Not that we are faithful, but he is faithful. He brings us to that place of faithfulness. But it is his faithfulness that endures, that makes him never to give up on you and I. Now, we also need to define the flesh. And to do that, we're going to be reading from Romans chapter 8, from verses 1 to 11. So, please, we try to do it as quickly as we can. Romans chapter 8, from verses 1 to 11. I'll be reading from verses 1 to 4 first. It says, therefore, no condemnation. Someone say, no condemnation. Now exists for those in Christ Jesus. Because the spirit's law of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. What the law could not do, since it was limited by the flesh, God did. He condemned, his, he condemned sin in the flesh by sending on his own son in flesh like us under sin's domain and as a sin offering in order that the law's requirements would be accomplished in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Now, if you read verses 1 to 4, you see that it is very similar to Galatians chapter 5 from verses 16 to 18. Extremely similar. He's saying if you walk in the spirit, you do not fulfill the law of the flesh. You do not fulfill the law. You are not even under the law anymore. You are not dwelling under a new reality. That's what he's saying. The law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Someone say, I function under the law. I function under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. In, in reality, what he's really saying there is the spirit of the law of righteousness. The law of righteousness. I function under a new law and a new reality. Now, if you look at verses 5 to 7, it says, For those whose lives are according to the flesh, think about the things of the flesh. But those whose lives are according to the spirit, about the things of the spirit. For the mindset of the flesh is death. But the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. For the mindset of the flesh is hostile to God. Because it does not submit itself to God's law. For it is unable to do so. So the flesh is unable to please God. But in this scripture you see something. He says the real battle for dominance is in the mind. There is a contention between the spirit and the carnal mind. There is a contention. The spiritual mind is the result of walking in the spirit. But the carnal mind is the result of walking in the flesh. The type of mind in control will determine what is manifested. 
if it is the carnal mind that is in control, it will determine what is manifested. You see contention. Why? Because that's what you know. You might be born again. But because you've been trained to be the one in control, you would always want to be the one in control. If you are born again, but because you've been trained to want to make sure that nobody has the best shoes than you. Uh, shoes is the, worst, uh, is the worst example today, as you can see. <laughs> you can see what I'm kicking. Uh, anyway. <laughs> you might say, ah, if I see anybody with a better jacket than me, ah, I'm hitting Belk. Uh, which store? <laughs> Men's warehouse. Nobody is going to take it from me today. I'm going to show them. And uh, don't let me go away from the men. Let me go to the women. <laughs> I'm going to kill them today. Kill, not kill. Kill them. Kill them. That when they see me, they will know that someone who, is, uh, who has it has arrived. But you see something. Say <laughs> Mary Kay. But you see something here. You have to understand that it is just the training that you have received. No one wants to be last. No one wants to be looked at as the least. So there is a contention. But with the spiritual mind, it's not about those things that are seen. The temporal things. It's about the eternal things. Eternal things. So the type of mind in control will determine what is manifested. The kind of mind is dominant in those who are flesh ruled. And the spiritual mind is dominant in those who are spirit ruled. Now when we look at verses 8 to 11. It says those whose lives are in the flesh are unable to please God. The flesh can never please God. But then look at what it says here about you and I. You however are not in the flesh. But in the spirit, since the spirit of God lives in you. Someone shout, the spirit of God lives in me. Someone shout, the spirit of God lives in me. I am not in the flesh. I am in the spirit. The spirit of God lives in me. This is your truth here. You see, Paul sometimes tries to explain the different, ty the different types. He first gives you what the flesh is, gives you what the spirit is, but then tells you your own reality. That is your own reality. You are in the spirit of God. You are pleasing. Bible says that when Jesus came out of the water, then a voice appeared in heaven. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And they that are in Christ are his. Once you are in Christ, you are pleasing to the Lord. Shout, I am pleasing to the Lord. Because Christ pleases the Father, you are called by his name. We don't go before his presence in our name. We go before his presence in the name that is above every other name. He has given us that name as a possession. As a possession. Someone shout, Jesus is mine. Christ Jesus is mine. You are in the spirit. You are born by the Holy Ghost. You are a container of glory. You are a container of holiness. A container of purity. A container of righteousness. That is what the word of God says about you. That is the truth about you. Don't let anything take you away from the truth. But in the spirit, since the spirit of God lives in you, 
But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, it does not belong to him. Do you know what that means? Anyone who says they don't have the spirit of Christ. In other words, anyone who says here that they are in the flesh is not born again. As long as you are born again, you have Christ. As long as you are born again, you have Christ. Now, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, to better understand verse 10, we would want to read verse, verse 13. So, let's quickly go to verse 13 and then we'll come back to verse 11. Remember, it says, if Christ is in you, the body is dead. It says, for if you live according to the flesh, it says here that you are going to die. But if by the spirit you put the, to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So, that is what he's talking about there. Putting to death the deeds of the body. If Christ is in you. The ability to put to death the deeds of the body is in you. Now, let's go back to verse 11. Verse 11 says, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring to life your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. The energy to live is from the spirit of God. The energy to walk in the spirit is from the spirit of God. The, 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 the deposit of the presence of God the moment you became born again. The ability to walk in love, peace, joy, holiness, in, 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 in gladness, in, in gentleness, in self-control. That all comes from yielding to the Spirit of God. Strength to walk in the Spirit comes from the Lord himself that dwells in you through his Spirit. So what is the flesh? Is defined as the absence of the spirit of Christ in a man. The absence of the spirit of man, of Christ in a man. The flesh is the result of the absence of God. It is not necessarily the body, but a learned way of thinking that is contrary to God. So what has happened to the flesh in the believer? Galatians chapter 5 from verses 24 to 25. Galatians chapter 5 from verses 24 to 25. It says, now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified, not will crucify. They have crucified the flesh. So you are not trying to crucify you cannot do it on your own. The person that has done it is Christ. They have crucified. How did you crucify the flesh? The moment you received Christ, you crucified the flesh. With its passions and desires, if we live by the Spirit, you must also follow the Spirit. Now, let's look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 11. Colossians chapter 2, verse 11. Colossians chapter 2 verse 11 says, In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not done with hands by putting off the body of flesh in the circumcision of the Messiah. So the reception of Christ cuts out that which is the flesh. 
you are no longer the flesh. But your mind, the place that the memories are stored in, has to be renewed. Has to be renewed with the truth. Has to be retrained in righteousness. That's why the Bible says, awake unto righteousness. And that is when you will sin not. It doesn't tell you to sin not, then become righteous. Awake unto righteousness. Then you will sin not. It is the waking up unto the truth of righteousness that gives you the power, the strength to walk and manifest the glory of Christ. So to walk in the spirit means yielding to the life of the spirit of Christ. To put to death the deeds of the body that are contrary to God's nature. Yielding to the life of God, the spirit of Christ within. To put to death the deeds of the body that are contrary to God's nature. So how do we walk in the spirit? How do we walk in the spirit? Romans chapter 12 verses 1 to 2. Romans chapter 12 verses 1 to 2. It says, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you might discern what is good, pleasing, and the perfect will of God. In other words, if your mind is not renewed, you wouldn't know how to please God. Though you are born again. Though he has said, I've given you my life. But you wouldn't know how. Why? Because it is only when you have been, the Bible says transformed. Another word to use there is be transfigured. So as your mind is renewed, there is a reframing that is going on within you. A reframing, a changing a metamorphosing, you know, like a butterfly, that a caterpillar that becomes a butterfly. That process is almost instantaneous. It, it, it happens once you allow the word of God to renew you. So renewing the mind changes you. It transfigures you. It sets you on the path of godly living. And also, it gives you the strength to reveal the nature of God. The nature of the indwelling presence of God. Because we are all born of that incorruptible seed of the word of God. The life of Christ dwells in you. It is when you, 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 you have yielded to him, you begin to manifest that truth. It is true for you. But it is until that renewal takes place. Until that renewal takes place. You might find it a struggle to manifest his nature. might and it's a painful thing that is why Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 says this brethren if anyone is caught in any trespass you who are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Because we all 
Anyone who is standing is standing by the energy of Christ. Anyone who looks at themselves and begins to castigate and put down other people that are making mistakes. Hmm. I pray for you. No, no, honestly. Because we all are saved by the grace of God. I know the struggles I have had to go through and had to overcome. And I know I'm not alone. Now, if you say you didn't have to struggle with anything, as one of my uh, fathers, Kenneth Hagen Sr., will say, we will know that you are lying and we will start praying for liars. <laughs> but we all have had things that we've had to deal with. For some, it might have been sexual in nature. For some, it might have been a habit. Probably drinking habit. Probably anger. Probably envy, jealousy. But the Lord brings us out. See, the flesh is the flesh. And sin is sin. There is no great sin. In fact, the, the greatest sin recorded in the Bible. How many of us know what it is? Unbelief. The Bible even calls it an evil heart of unbelief because it is unbelief that will take a man to hell. It is unbelief that will take a man to hell because it is in the believing and receiving of Christ that we all are saved. But if you hold on to unbelief, you are telling the Lord that you don't want that which he has paid for. He has paid for your freedom. So the Lord has saved us all from different things. And many people are in different stages of their progression. Please. No one here should be high-minded. No one here should be high-minded. All we do here is to tell you the truth and what God says about you. We tell you the truth about what God says about you until it sinks in and it becomes a reality for you. I don't care what you are going through or what you have done or what you did yesterday. I promise you the truth is that God is with you and he wants you to walk in holiness, in the strength that he provides. That's his desire. But it starts with the renewing of the mind. James chapter 1 verse 21, and I'm almost done. James chapter 1 from verse 21 says this. It says that, Therefore, putting aside all filthiness, and all that remains of wickedness. In humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save you. So you see here that the word of God is, the, is, is what saves the soul. What brings forth the transformation. The reception of the word of God. How many of you know that the word of God is not paper and ink? The word of God is not a Bible, a book. The word of God is Jesus. He said, in the beginning was the word, and that word was with God, and that word was God. So we study that person within the scripture. We study him like there is no tomorrow. We study him and let him erase everything about Adam. Why is it so, why is it so easy for us to have believed that we were of the image of Adam? And now so difficult 
for us to believe that we are of the image of Christ. Why was it so easy that some people could, we could say that, yes, we were sinners. But why is it so difficult that now it's hard for us to see ourselves as saints? Why? But that is the truth. In every book, study every book, Paul says to the saints in Colossae, to the saints in Rome, to the saints in Philippa. They will, he never, not once, called them sinner. Not even the Corinthian church that was carnal. He was still awakening them to their true state and encouraging them to recognize who they are. The word of God saves the soul by forming within us the spiritual mind. Now when we talk about renewing the mind, some of the most important things to learn and consistently learn in renewing the mind is the new creation nature that we have in Christ. The new creation authority that we have in Christ. Your right standing with Christ, with God in Christ, and the eternal dwelling presence of God in the believer. You don't have to look far. God dwells in you. You don't have to cry, Father, I need you more. He dwells. He said it. And that is what faith is. That is believing God at his word. You don't cry, Father, I need power. He said, when you receive the spirit of God, you will receive power. He said it. And it is only when you truly believe what he has said and taking him at his word. Sometimes we, we don't take some of the things that some people say. Take Look, study the word. Study him. Study what he said. Study what the apostles said to the saints. Study and accept what they say as your truth. And if you hear anything that is against that, throw it away. Hold on to what he says. In fact, cross-check what has been said today. Make sure that it is true. If it is not true, throw it away. But the diligence has to be on your part. Make sure that everything that has been said today is not a lie. Study to show yourself approved. A workman of God, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study. Don't take what I have said as the gospel truth. Cross-check it for yourself. And if it is the truth, hold on to it. And let Jesus be the one that reigns in your heart. Let Jesus be brighter and bigger in you than anything that, that, that you can think of. Than anything that exists. Because he is the only true reality. He is the only true reality. He said, the heavens and the earth will pass away, but his words will never pass away. Can we all rise up on our feet?